All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. It's also a travel day for me, so there will be a little bit of a programming note here right out of the gate. Uh, today's show, of course, will be recorded as scheduled. Friday's show will come much later. Uh, I'm going to be at the um, Mistletoe Marketplace 
this evening, all day Thursday, all day Friday. So once I return home on Friday, I will record the show. So you probably won't have that available to listen to until Saturday morning. And of course, since we have a night game, that works actually pretty well uh, for, for those of you. But uh, nevertheless, the show will, be, will air late Friday night, uh, early Saturday. So we'll get that done for you. I do apologize. Sometimes I have to kind of make some adjustments to the schedule. But uh, I think we got a good show today. I'm excited about the show. Got a top ten list I'm really excited about. Some absolute bangers on this list, and uh, we're going to speak extensively about some of the developments here in the last couple days. I'll be honest with you; I have, I've been—I uh, hadn't been in the best of moods. I can't really put my finger on it, right? I, but I haven't really been in the best of moods, and so today's show may reflect that. You know, so we'll see. But uh, I'm going to speak to you honestly about a few things that may surprise you. But, uh, you know, here's the deal. There's a lot going on. Some bad and some really, really good. There are some Bulldog fans out there that are really answering the call. And we're going to speak extensively about that in the first segment of the show. I want to thank everybody that's involved in all that. And many of you that aren't involved will likely want to get involved. Uh, Before we get into that, though, let's kind of update you, too, on the SEC Soccer tournament, uh, you know, the ladies win on Sunday against Texas A&M 2-1, to the first ever win for our program in the SEC soccer tournament. So congratulations to Coach Armstrong and everybody involved in Bulldog soccer. They did lose game two in the quarterfinals to Alabama 2-0. So now they await their postseason fake. Will they make the NCAA tournament, that sort of stuff? And so uh, we certainly hope so, and I would say we expect to. But uh, we don't know yet. So we'll see how things progress. But um, it's been a good year for uh, women's soccer. You know, your good friend and host was once time a soccer player too. But I uh, feel pretty confident that we'll be in the postseason. Uh, the Bulldogs 11-5-4 and four and have really battled through some injuries this year. It's so 11-5-4 this year, 4-4-2 four, four in the conference in the SEC, arguably one of the better soccer conferences in the country most years. So congratulations to everybody involved there. Eager to see how things go with the NCAA tournament selection. You know, we were there and covered the uh, first ever home game when Mississippi State hosted an NCAA tournament game, and we lost to Lipscomb one nothing. They had an outstanding goalkeeper, Lipscomb, outstanding goalkeeper. And um, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, you know, excited again about the direction of things. Uh, despite the fact this team has faced a lot of adversity, they have represented this university well. So, again, a debt of gratitude owed to everybody involved with, uh, with Bulldog soccer. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, too. I love Bulldog Burger Company. I think you will, too, if you don't already. It's probably a love affair that is already burning deep within your heart. It's a great place to go eat. And it's not just the food. It's the vibe. It's the atmosphere. It's the service. It's the quality of locations. There are a lot of places you go and you, know, you don't have a great dining experience. That's just not the case at Bulldog Burger Company. It doesn't matter which location you choose. And there are three great ones to choose from. University Drive here in Start Vegas with that wonderful new patio area. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and that is a fabulous location. If you haven't been by, I encourage you to go by and check it out. And then Lake Harbor Drive there in the Ridge and Flowood area. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you better looking. 
everybody around you better looking, give you a better outlook on the world. It will cure what ails you. Get that great restaurant quality hamburger. You'll be glad you did. One of the fine delicacies we afford ourselves in life is that great restaurant quality hamburger. I mean, this is not the fast food stuff, man. This is the real deal. This is the genuine article when you go to Bulldog Burger Company. Get that chocolate shake to go. I am a big proponent of dessert to go. Join the movement. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. I want to talk to you about something that has kind of bubbled up here on the jeanspage.com message boards. And uh, it was not something that we did, you know, as a staff. And, you know, me nor David or Mike or Paul or Robbie. Uh, it wasn't something that we're responsible for, but it has been extremely rewarding to watch as we have seen our membership for the Bulldog Initiative double in one day. Double. More than double now. It's incredible. I've watched this grassroots movement happen on our True Maroon message boards. And there may be some other people out there that are promoting this on other forums. Maybe so. I'm not in any way trying to claim ownership of this. But I have watched with great interest as we have seen people really get fired up about the Bulldog Initiative. And uh, Charlie Winfield is a guy that uh, has done really yeoman's work here and is worthy of sainthood for the work that he has done on behalf of Mississippi State. But to see him all of a sudden you know, get, what, 350, 400 new allies yesterday? It is remarkable. Well, you say, well, Steve, what's the impetus for this? Well, Ross Dellinger is a guy that worked at the Reflector, and I worked for Sports Illustrated, wrote an article, uh, you know, a couple days ago that uh, was later edited, but was not very flattering when it comes to Mississippi State when it comes to our NIL efforts. Now, here's the first thing that I would say. There's some truth in a lot of that. We have not been maybe as aggressive as a fan base in embracing this. I was a reluctant convert as well. Wrote a story about that yesterday. We've talked about it on the show. But people now have gotten the message. And so I guess the silver lining in all of this, and this very non-flattering article is it has kind of galvanized some of our people to feel like, you know what, we got to get going here. We got to get going. Now, here's a couple more things that I'll share with you about that. Um, I am a very proud person. I don't like asking people for help. I take a lot of pride in what, what I do. I take a lot of pride in what we do at jeanspage.com. I take a tremendous amount of pride of what happens in Mississippi State. One of the greatest frustrations that I have had in my life is there are times it is difficult to get Mississippi State people motivated. It's true. Now, there are some of you that are kind of like me, like you're always on go. You're just sitting there just kind of just ready for the next wave, right? You're just always ready to go and go headlong into any endeavor that furthers the interest of Mississippi State. I commend you for that. There are other people who are like, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Steve, I'm just kind of content to be a consumer. I'm, I'm going to give you a brief story. When we were doing Rock Vegas, which um, was pretty exciting, to say the least, I was talking to some people about NIL, and I had a gentleman 
that uh, engages me on social media. I'm not going to give you which platform because I don't want you to go looking for it. I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass this particular individual, even though his line of thinking is embarrassing. And there may be some other people that adopt the same line of thinking. So I want to address that. So he's sitting there and kind of complaining about NIL. And listen, I, I didn't want to see this happen in its current form either. You know, my initial understanding is, well, hey, you know, we haven't allowed young people to profit off their name, image, and likeness, while others have. Like the NCAA could sell your jersey and make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you not take part in the revenue or the profits. That's wrong. I think we can all agree, no matter what you think about NIL, if somebody else can profit off of you and then you are unable to profit off of you, that's wrong. Fair enough. So the understanding I had initially is, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. Now you can buy any jersey you want, and, and then the kid will get some of the money. Well, it doesn't matter if they're a starting quarterback or the backup walk-on catcher on a softball team. Everybody will have the ability to have their jersey sold for commerce, and they will then in turn share in the proceeds. Makes perfect sense. Then you could have people that, hey, in the past, let's say, you know, you got, you know, Will Rogers from Brandon, Mississippi, originally from, from Louisville, I know. But he was a star at Brandon High School. So let's say there's a local car dealership there in Brandon. It's like, hey, we're going to run a new marketing campaign. And we're going to have uh, Will Rogers come in here and do a you know 60-second spot for us. Well, then he could be compensated for that. Makes perfect sense. There's some other people that told me this is going to be a much broader thing. And I thought, ah, you know, how big a deal can it be? Well, it's, it's out of control now. And I've read with great interest, people said, you know what, this NIL thing is going to be a big, big part of hiring coaches going forward. It's like, okay, yeah, you're paying me this, and you're, going to, you're willing to upgrade this facility, but how much money do I have to retain players? How much money do I have, depending on state law, to go out and recruit players? What does my NIL war chest look like? That's a long way away from student athletes making a few bucks on the sale of their jersey. Long way. We're talking huge dollars here. Huge. We see it. We know it. So this gentleman, we're having this discussion, you know, and he's like, nah. And I said, well, you know, we'd like for you to be involved in an IL. And I don't say that because I get any commission off of it. I get some enjoyment from it because I love Mississippi State. I don't make a dime off the Bulldog Initiative. I'm partnering with Charlie Winfield because I believe in Mississippi State. And so I was trying to explain that to this gentleman. Okay, the landscape in college athletics has changed. And so we have to kind of change with the times. And that's not just our fans. That's our coaches. That's our administrators. Uh, that's our deputy ADs. That's everybody involved with Mississippi State Athletics, whether you be a fan or a participant. Everybody has got to be involved with the promotion of NIL. Even if we don't like it, I don't particularly like it either. But I understand the reality of the situation. So I'm trying to explain this, and this guy's like, no, he said, listen, I support Mississippi State. I said, okay, well, sir, if you don't mind me asking, exactly how do you support Mississippi State? Do you give to the Bulldog Club? No. Are you a season ticket holder? No. Do you come to the games? No. Well, well, excuse me, how are you supporting Mississippi State? I'll watch every game. 
Now, before you laugh at that, there are a lot of people that feel the same way. And let me just say, sitting on your couch watching a game is not enough. Dare I say it, you're really not supporting us. You're consuming us. You're not a contributor. You're a consumer. Now, there are some people that can't give. There are some people that can and don't, and there are plenty of people that uh, have you know, millions of dollars that could do more for us. As I've shared on the show before, you know, we can't just depend on Richard Atkinson to write us a check. He's going to, but we need him to do his part, not our part too, even though Richard has done more than his fair share. Right, you know that Atkerson Plaza out there, Dirty Noble Field? Well, that's who it's named after. Can't wait for Mickey Holloman. Write us a check. We can't sit here and tweet out about, hey, Hardy should do a free show for us. That's not supporting us. And so I come to you not to make anybody feel guilty, uh, not to make anybody feel, you know, un- unvalued. I-, I come to you to kind of explain the reality of the situation. You can go to Bulldog Initiative, and you can set up monthly disbursements. You can make a one-time contribution. You can do it quarterly. You can do it annually. A lot of people are liking to do it monthly. You say, well, Steve, you know, things are tight. I'm a paycheck-to-paycheck employee. You know, I get it. Maybe this isn't the time for you. But you can set up. You can join the Bulldog Initiative and give as little as 10 bucks a month. 10 bucks. That's it. Now, we want you to give more than that. But that's just where it starts. And then it goes up in $5 increments. Maybe you say, you know what, Steve, I'm going to be a big spender. I'm going to do 15 bucks a month. Or I'm going to do 25 or 50 or 100 bucks a month. And then you don't even have to think about it. There's no check to write. There's no invoice to have to go pay monthly. You just kind of set it up and they just, as an ACH, it just disperse from your account. And it goes right to the Bulldog Initiative where they can use that for NIL opportunities for your players of all sports. And you can even designate. We've talked about this before. And so, again, I get this gentleman. I said, tell you what. He goes, well, I don't really believe in NIL. I said, well, do you believe in Mississippi State? Well, of course. And if I remember correctly, he went to some Big 12 school for grad school. And I believe his Facebook picture, he was wearing their, their jerseys, not ours. So it sounds to me like he's supporting them more than us. But the reality of all this is, is that uh, we all have a part to play. In this, And I asked him, I said, well, if you want to sign up for Bulldog Initiative, if you want to make a donation or a contribution, would you be willing to buy a couple of concert tickets and then gift them back to me? And I'll give them to a couple of students. They can have a night out on you. And then the proceeds of that go to NIL. He wouldn't even do that. Now, we sold every ticket. We did. It was a huge success in that respect. But he wouldn't even buy two tickets to a show for somebody else. But yet we call ourselves, you know, we're big Bulldog fans. I'm big supporters of the university. But we're really not. I think it's time we challenge ourselves and maybe redefine what being a big Bulldog fan is. And many of you are like, you know, Steve, I get you know, so tired of hearing about all this. You know, every time I turn around, somebody's hitting us up for money. You know, I get it. I do. I get it. But this is what it's going to require. As I've shared with you guys before, if we keep doing what we've always done, 
we're going to start seeing diminishing returns. You know, the old saying is, you know, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. That's just not the case because the people around us are doing a better job and they're going to widen the gap on us financially. And then we're going to look up and we'll be on message boards and social media and like, I don't understand the talent level. I don't understand why we're not getting these guys and that guys and why this guy's going out of state. I'm not going to tell you it's going to fix all those issues, but it's going to fix some of them. But I think what's happened in the wake of, you know, John Cohen leaving, in the wake of this article, I think there has been a call to arms for many people. You look at the whole, uh, you know, John Cohen thing, and, and yeah, it's disappointing. It is. And no matter your feelings about John, this is the thing that upsets me. It's not just John leaving. Right? It's not us having to go through you know, another AD search. It's the fact that Auburn thought they could come take our, ID, our AD. Right? It's just, the, oh, well, that's just Mississippi State. We'll go get their AD. No matter your feelings about John Cohen, you should be offended by that. You should be offended that Auburn thought that we were weak and small and they could pick on us. That's the truth of the matter. Do you think they went after Greg Byrne at Alabama? Of course not. Greg may have the best job in the country. And, of course, we once had Greg Byrne as our athletic director, and I had someone message me earlier and said, oh, we should go back and get Greg Byrne. There, why would Greg Byrne leave Alabama to come back to Mississippi State? We were a stepping stone for Greg. That's just the reality of it. I would like to see us get to a point that we're not viewed as a stepping stone. I'd like to see us get to a point that people don't think they can punk us. And this is where I think this NIL thing kind of comes in. As we go and one point hire a new football coach, Mike Leach is not going to coach forever. When we sit down across the table from our candidates, they're going to say, you know, hey, this is great. What do I have to work with? What are we going to be able to tell them? Well, you know, we tried to do this and tried to do that. Now, the rules changed last week. And uh, I've spoke about this and to the point that there are a lot of people that think I'm just defending John Cohen, and I'm not. I'm defending Mississippi State. The NIL protocols changed last week that allowed for more university and administrative involvement with NIL. That's true. Now, that's not in any way to excuse the fact that we could have done some things better in the previous year. That's not, I admit that. I'm not going to sit here and defend that. We should have done better. And I don't think a lot of that falls to Charlie Winfield. I think Charlie has worked his fingers to the bone to try to better our situation when it comes to NIL. And it takes what it takes, right? Well, this morning, if you're a Bulldog Club member, you probably got an email from Bracky Brett promoting the Bulldog Initiative. It's like, hey, thanks so much for everybody's support. I know many of you are wondering how, what you can do to support me and support Mississippi State. Well, here's a way to do it. I have not confirmed these numbers, but I had somebody share with me yesterday that Bulldog Club giving is down too. Now, I don't know what the total revenue numbers look like, but the number of members is down too. Uh, guys, that's embarrassing. So it's like, well, I don't want to give the Bulldog an initiative because it's not tax deductible, Steve. You know, And I don't know why we always have to get something out of it. right? Sometimes we should do things because it's the right thing to do. So I don't want to give the Bulldog initiative. I'd rather give it to the Bulldog Club. Okay, then why aren't we? Why aren't we? 
So if, if attendance is down, actual attendance is down, number of Bulldog Club members are down, uh, who's supporting us? If we just decided we're just going to sit on the couch and call ourselves state fans and be done with it, we'll give each other cowbells for Christmas and a T-shirt from Walmart and call it a day? No, that is not going to get it done. Having to hire a new employee sometimes is the absolute worst, right? We've all been there. If you've got your own small business, I mean, you're, you're trusting your livelihood. You're trusting your baby, your blood, sweat, and tears with somebody perhaps you don't know very well. That's why you got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How cool is that? There been times in the past I've made hiring decisions when I was desperate for an employee. It's been nice to have had a partner to help me screen through some of this and make sure that I get people that fit the specific skill set I'm looking for. It's so easy to go make a free ad today at LinkedIn. Maybe you should. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it much easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to actually meet, interview, and ultimately hire. It's important to have the right team. It's why every small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering Quality hires versus your leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash boneyard. That's linkedin.com slash boneyard to post your job for free. Some terms and conditions may apply. It's not going to happen. And uh, I've read, too, that you know, one of the things I've learned, too, you know, living in the rivalry, right, is that nothing motivates state people more than Ole Miss having some success and vice versa. You know, Ole Miss has got a capital uh, fundraising campaign too when it comes to NIL. They're doing some big things too. And I think as much as I hate to see people bring them up on the message board for comparison's sake, I mean, that's the reality of which, in which we live. I'm glad that Ole Miss is doing this because other people look at this and it's like, oh, man, we got to get going. We can't let those guys get that far ahead of us. And they are ahead of us. Now, they had multiple collective efforts that they have now merged into one. And so they've got a bit of a head start. And now we can sit here and figure out who to blame for that, or we can just fix it. I kind of come down on the side of let's just fix it, right? We spend a lot of time trying to assign blame. Not just Mississippi State people, but people in general. It's like, who's responsible for this? Okay, well... Once we've identified that person, or at least in our minds, and they're gone, then, okay, what do we do then? we got to get back to work. It doesn't matter from whence we've come. It matters where we're going. And that's what's made yesterday so special. And Charlie made a big post about that yesterday. And of course, ironically, it's the anniversary of our win over Alabama in 1980, yesterday. But I believe for the first time that we've gotten people really to understand maybe the urgency behind this. And so I'm going to encourage you again, no no matter what you think about the article, no matter what you think about John Cohen, no matter what you think about NIL, I'm going to ask you to consider giving. Because that's what Mississippi State needs you to do. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to have a job. I'm going to continue to write books and record shows and cover ball games and things like that. But I'd like to cover and talk about and write about a lot more wins. And that's where it comes. Well, you know, Steve, how are you involved? Well, I'm very much involved. Not just through the promotion, but also financially. As I told you guys when we did Rock Vegas, I could have went and wrote a check for a few thousand dollars and just said, hey, I'm, I'm done. Okay, this is, this is what I've done. But instead, we went out and took that money and we, we turned it into about $27,000. Now, that's not in any way to sit here and say that, um, you know, that's going to make a huge difference, but it's going to help. It's a drop in the bucket compared to what the rest of the SEC is doing in some places. But my hope is we were promoting the Bulldog Initiative and at the same time raising some money and bringing a killer show to Starkville. We've got some other stuff we're working on, too, for next year. I wish I could go ahead and get it all done now. It was so much fun working on all that stuff. But uh, now that we've kind of got our toe back in the water, we've got some things we're working on. I've got a lot of projects going on. It's like I think about sometimes, too, about the kind of ready for things to calm down a little bit so I can get caught up on some things. There's some, that's one thing I'll say is it's never boring in the life of Steve Roberts, and I can assure you of this. I never sit around and think, what am I going to do today? There's always something. But because I've got so many irons in the fire, it's allowed me to be a little more patient with some things. It's like, hey, I've contributed this, and I'm waiting to hear back on this. Well, I've got nine other plates in the air, so I don't worry so much about that. I don't obsess about that. But over the course of the last week, you know, this NIL thing has kind of been you know, thrown back in our faces. And our people are responding. But we need more to respond. You know, we're, 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 we're thinking now we can be over 1,000 members before kickoff Saturday. And today's Wednesday. And I think now with this email going out from the university, I think we're pretty much assured of doing that. I'd love to be able to pass Ole Miss. You know, they're, they're out there you know, broadcasting their numbers left and right. You know, we're, basically our people are doing it voluntarily. They come to the Gene's page. We have a big thread about it. And people are saying, hey, I'm in. I'm member number 695. And then everybody's like, hey, man, thanks for doing your part. The best thing that I've seen about this is our people are coming together. It's like in the past, we may have different opinions about Mike Leach. We may have different opinions about Chris Lamonis. We may have different opinions about John Cohen or athletic department spending or where, how money's allocated for which sport. And we gripe about that. And we gripe about music and ball games, and we gripe about other things like that. But right now, all of that, everybody's just kind of laid their arms down and said, you know what, hey, we can get back to that later. You know, during the holiday break, I can take, I can take you on uh, because uh, you don't like Don't Stop Believing. We can have that discussion then. We have tabled a lot of those discussions. And people are like, you know what, you guys are right. i got to be a part of this. i got to promote this. And uh, there have been some, some folks on our message board. It's like, hey, I just – I got my cousin to sign up. I, you know, hey, I just shared the link with a dozen other Bulldog fans. I've got a group text. I was like, hey, guys, it's time. Okay, it's time for us to do this. It's been amazing to see. Absolutely amazing to see. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, too. I'm sure there are some other people sitting around thinking, hey, well, you know, look at what I did. You know, No, you don't get any credit for that. You don't. You don't get to claim any credit for that. And that's the thing, too, that I get really, really irritated about. I love Mississippi State. I do. I love Mississippi State. And it's not just because my livelihood is tied to it. My livelihood is tied to Mississippi State because I love Mississippi State, not the other way around. 
And yes, we're dependent. Of course, we do more business when Mississippi State's doing well. I, I spoke with Jason Caldwell of uh, Auburn Undercover earlier this week. We talked about you know, our business. You know, uh, winning helps everything. Coaching changes help drive traffic, too. Athletic director searches drive traffic. Not as much as coaches do, but it does drive traffic. And change drives traffic. Losing is awful. Losing, you got to sit there and go cover a, a game that you've lost. And sometimes you even get in the car and you drive over there knowing you're going to lose. It's miserable. Doesn't matter how far you drive. Like we went to Alabama, we knew we were going to lose. And thankfully, it's a short drive. And then you got to go deal with the message boards and people are complaining because they care. You know, it's not because it, they're not on there upset about a loss because they don't care about Mississippi State. They're upset about a loss because they love Mississippi State. And they're hurt. They're disappointed. And they're sharing that. And some people are like, oh, Steve, I wish you would do something about these folks. I know that all that comes from a good place. We just all express that disappointment differently. But I think what you've seen happen here the last couple of days is I think some people feel like, <clears throat> and I'm going I'm to say this in a PG-13 version, there are some people out there me included, that believe some people have kind of decided to take a convenient crap on Mississippi State. And I take that very personally. I take it very personally. There are some people out there that um, have said some negative things about Mississippi State, some of it surprising and disappointing. So we can sit around and feel sorry for ourselves, and we can say, you know what? You're wrong about us. You're wrong. We may be a little bit late to the party, but now that we're here, we're going to dance the night away. And so it's been so incredibly rewarding to watch. It's been incredibly important to be a part of this. But I give credit to our fans. This is not anything. I think Charlie has been somewhat uh, overwhelmed by this support here in the last 36 hours or so. I'm sure our friend Charlie Winfield slept a whole lot better last night, right? And you got to think, too, when you keep banging your head against the wall like he's done, and, you know, and sometimes people are like, ah, you know, Charlie, I just don't know. I'm not sure. I don't want to do this. Or, you know what, hey, I just don't want to be a part of this. And you go make all this time and effort, and then the guild is nothing. I don't care who you are or where you're from. That gets old after a while. And you got to know, man, Charlie would never say this publicly to you guys, but you got to know. That guy has wondered, man, is this thing ever going to take off for us? Well, you know what? Now it is. It's taken off. And again, I, Charlie's the one that kind of put the framework together, right? A after we had some other failed attempts, right? And, and again, I think those were well-intended, just poorly executed. But now all of a sudden, I think Charlie feels like, wait a minute. Now we've got a little bit of an army here. You know, we used to just kind of have a squad. We're building an army. It's exciting. It absolutely is. And one of the things that I've enjoyed, too, is seeing like so many people go make their posts. A lot of people on our message board that didn't rarely, if ever, post. Say, hey, guys, I just signed up. It feels great. And you know what? Then The next thing you know, there's like 10, 15 people that are liking the post or responding to it and say, hey, man, thanks, man. Thanks for your, thanks for your support. Because we're all in this together. And I think the best thing about this it started with our fans. It, it wasn't me, you know, getting out there saying, hey, 
you got to do this because I've done that and we've had some minimal response. We have. That's why Steve, you kind of guilted me into it, you know. But what this wildfire that's raging right now just came from our fans. It's like, you know what? I, I'm, I, enough of this. Enough of this. I'm going to stand up for Mississippi State. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in and what I love if I am the only one standing. And as soon as that, word, that phrase is uttered, somebody's like, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It has been incredible, absolutely incredible to see this. And I can't wait to see what the numbers are by the end of the week. You know, we had, what, 300-something members? Now we're over 700. On our way to 1,000. On our way to a million. And this is, we got to keep it going. We got to keep the momentum up. That's one of the reasons I want to dedicate some time to on the show today. It's important. It's important for you to be involved. And again, I'm not trying to guilt anybody into it and say, you know what, you're less of a fan if you don't. I'm not trying to suggest that because I don't know everybody's financial situation. There have been some times in my life that you know, even when I had to play, pay my $100 uh, Bulldog Club dues to buy tickets, you know, when, I, when I paid that, it was, it, was a, it was a challenge, guys. It was. I had four young kids at home trying to make things happen, you know. Your good friend and host hadn't always been so footloose and fancy-free. There were times I was really stressed. I, I've told people before I got really old in my 30s because I had to deal with a lot of stuff, man. I really did. So I understand. I've, I've been there. Okay, so, I, so I'm coming from a place of understanding and compassion. I understand. And even if I wanted to give, at times I was unable to give. When I first started writing for Gene's page back in uh, 2001, feels like forever ago, um, I told Gene, I said, why don't you just donate that money to Bulldog Club? Now, couldn't do that today and, and, and live, right? Couldn't be able to go to see all the rock shows, but I did now. But that's kind of how I felt. It's like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing okay, so let's, you know, I, this is extra income for me. I'm, I'm, I'm tightly budgeted here. But let's give that money to Bulldog Club because I wanted Mississippi State to be successful. So I, I get it. If you can't, I get it. If you want, that's a different story. I feel a little bit differently about that. I and mean, I can't judge anybody for it. But, uh, but those of you that have jumped on board with the Bulldog Initiative, thank you. And on behalf of a grateful Mississippi State fan base, on their behalf, let me tell you, thank you as well. Join the movement. As I tweeted out yesterday, it's time to put a little more bite in your bark. By joining the Bulldog Initiative. Go to bulldoginitiative.com today. Be sure to check all that out. And uh, come join us over at Gene's page. Let us know when you join up. Come jump in that thread. Give us your membership number. We'll welcome you to the pack. All right, time for today's top 10 list. Before we get to that, uh, let me remind you too we, got to, we have some friends of some old friends of ours that have come back for a little run with us. That's our friends at Manscaped. You know, it's, it's holiday season. You know, it's here before you know it, right? They're already playing Christmas carols. It's like you, you haven't even got the cobwebs off the porch yet from the Halloween decorations. And it's already Christmas season. We haven't got to uh, Thanksgiving yet. Never too early to start thinking about gifts. Never, ever, 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 ever. Guys, let's be honest about it. Uh, you got to take care of yourself. And there's, you have some masculine needs. You need to take a masculine approach. And that's at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor, use a lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom and to add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products. All you got to be thinking, you know, hey, I got to take care of myself. Simple as that. And maybe you don't have anybody to, uh, to take care of this for you that's uh, nice enough, but, uh, you know, 
significant others, if you're like, hey, I want to do some things here to do some, you know, kind of help with some uh, manscaping here, what better place to go to manscaped.com? And we're going to make it easier than ever. You go to manscaped.com and use promo code Boneyard. That gets you free shipping and 20% off. And the Platinum Package is, uh, the Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under any gentleman's Christmas tree is guaranteed to put anybody in a holiday spirit. And for the per- perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easier than ever and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with promo code Boneyard at manscaped.com. You've heard about it. I can tell you I use some of their products myself. You'll be glad you did. A lot of people selling products these days that don't work. The folks at Manscaped are still in business because they do. Again, it's manscaped.com. Promo code Boneyard. All right. Top 10 list, I told you guys uh, I'm not in the best of moods. And so um, this top 10 list will kind of reflect that. I think it's an important thing. You know, sometimes it's to get it out, right? Let's get it out. Let's address it. And, of course, top 10 list always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair's a guy, too, that really watches how the, you know, the rates in the industry kind of fluctuate in times. And, you know, it's been an adventure. And it's good to have a mortgage professional that is familiar with the ebbs and flows of the mortgage industry. Visit Blair at closeatblair.com. Mention to him you heard about him on the barnyard. He's going to pay for your appraisal. 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. And listen, Blair is a guy that's been in the industry 21 years. Back-to-back years, top 1% close ratio in the country. Employed by Fairway Mortgage, recently voted number one in customer satisfaction as it uh, comes to mortgage loan origination. You're dealing with a winner when you deal with Blair Chandler. Again, that's closeofblair.com. Be sure and check them out today. All right, top 10 list. Uh, you know, I am the kind of person, too, that um, I try to vent or express anger, bitterness, resentment, rage in a healthy way. I do. I don't like to have altercations with people, uh, but I don't, I'm not opposed to it. Right? I think most people feel like, well, you know, I'm a nice person until somebody pushes me. You know, I got a pretty quick trigger sometimes. I'll be honest with you. Especially when it's about something that I care about. It's like, you know, like people say, well, you know, I don't like the way you wear your hair. I, I don't care. I'm not even going to have the discussion. I don't know if I like the way you wear your hair too, but I don't waste any time thinking about it. I don't walk around rating other, the way other people look. This doesn't matter to me. As evidence would show, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I got, I got really, really sideways uh, reading that article, I did. I'm really disappointed, really disappointed uh, in that article. And uh, so I thought, what better way to express this? You know, sometimes I get on the highway and I'll, I'll put on put on tunes that match the mood. And, you know, it just, it, number one, it kind of gets you going. But also, too, I think it gives you a way to express maybe somebody's negative emotions in a very positive way. So here is your uh, top 10 songs for Auburn Hate Week. Because they came in here and, and punked us and, you know, took our athletic director. 
try to make us look small and weak, but uh, because of a grassroots effort out there, we got people standing up saying, you know what, we're going to do our part to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. And maybe it does, but it's not going to be because that we were sleeping on when it was our watch, right? So here are the top 10 songs for Auburn Hate Week. Number 10, I have been a Jacoby Shaddix fan from the beginning. You say, well, Steve, who's Jacoby Shaddix? Well, he's the lead singer from Papa Roach. All the way back to Last Resort. And recently, I know they had emo night at a local watering hole, and they worked Papa Roach into that and called him an emo band. That's not the truth. Uh, but uh, they did a collaboration with this uh, band Fever 333. If you're unfamiliar with them, you should probably familiarize yourself. It's a great song called Swerve. And it's, uh, it's a little more hip-hoppy, and it's got a big industrial-type sound. Got a little bit of a rap part into it, but uh, it's a really cool song. And the chorus is, uh, I would never hesitate if you swerve in my lane, right? And so it's, a, it's an aggressive song. Number nine... I listened to this song an awful lot. When we were in Omaha in 2021, I may have shared this with you guys before. Every game that I listened to Ole Anders' album, Something Beautiful, on the way to the ballpark, we won the game. And so after a couple of uh, trips, I kind of figured out, well, let's just ride the mojo. So that's all I would listen to. Like We never lost a game with me listening to that album on the way to TD Ameritrade, which is now something different. But um, you understand my point. Yeah, I'm, I'm a superstitious person. I'm a baseball guy, right? So the lead track on that album is a song called Fight. It's very aggressive. It's not thrash. It's not so, he- it's not so heavy you can't listen to it if you're a soccer mom, okay? It's a great album, too, from start to finish. But the song Fight is your number nine song on today's top ten list, Oleander's Fight. Number eight, I probably should have had this one a little bit higher on the list. You know, I'll be honest with you, too. It's like I shared this with my buddy Brian Jones recently. You know, like you ever hear a song, even though it's brand new, and you think, I've heard that song before. This song was like that for me. I remember really as a teenager kind of hearing this riff in my head, and I wasn't skilled enough to go record it or anything, right? But it's the, uh, it's the opening to Nightmare from Event Sevenfold, which is your number eight song. The opening to that song, I have heard that my entire life in my head. You know, that sounds crazy. I don't, don't call a doctor or anything. I don't need any meds. But I guess sometimes there's like these openings in the ethos. You know, there's uh, music and, and poems and things like that and inspiration that uh, is being handed down to us. And I've heard that. I've heard it forever. So the very first time I heard that song, I was like, is this a cover? No, it wasn't a cover. It's an original tune. But Nightmare is a great one. It is a very, very aggressive song. Love it. Number seven. This was kind of a bonus track on an album from the band Korn that I know many of you are familiar with the band. Maybe you're not familiar with the song. Uh, We've talked about it on the show before, I think. It's the song Hater. It's not quite as aggressive as some of the other stuff, but uh, I feel like I have lived that life. You know, you can't bring me down. My life's already been turned upside down, you know. Um, but Hater is a cool little track. And so that's your number seven song today, Corn's Hater. Number six, one of my favorite songs from this band. I have met uh, Elias Soriano, visited with him a few times. Really loved the band. 
Nonpoint. Many of you, your first introduction to Nonpoint was uh, their cover of the Phil Collins classic in the air tonight. Nonpoint is a very complete band in many respects. And some of the more recent albums, there's a little fluff on there. I think a lot of that's because of BC leaving the band. Um, he just couldn't do it physical anymore. He just couldn't get out and tour. But uh, the song Miracle, that's a great one. It's a great song about confrontation. It's a great song about somebody giving you trouble. It's a great song about standing up for yourself. You need a miracle. Someone else to save you. Love that song. I love how Chad comes in. Chad produced the album. Chad uh, from Hell Yeah and from Mudvayne was the executive producer on this album. And so he comes in with a secondary vocal uh, late in that song. Number five, we're going back. Uh, Judas Priest is going to be in the Lander Center on uh, coming up soon. Roy and I have tickets to that. I got to double check my schedule to make sure we didn't double book something. But uh, Judas Priest, and you know they're going to be playing this song. You got another thing coming, and that's what I think about yesterday with all of our fans. Like you know what you want? You want to crap on us? You want to sit here and talk bad about us? You got another thing coming, man. We're not just going to sit back and take it. And maybe we're not going to take it. should have been on our list today, but it's not. It's a bonus track for you. Number four, I've been listening to a lot of Leonard Skinner lately. I guess you know, since the anniversary of the, of the plane crash, you know, they've been on my mind. As a matter of fact, I've got a uh, – I guess next week I'll finally get my Alan Collins shirt. It seems like when you buy sometimes some things on Amazon, it used to be here to yesterday or tomorrow, then now it's sometimes some of it's a, a week. I know, first world problems, but I'm ready to wear my Alan Collins shirt. So I go back to uh, Leonard Skinner's Give Me Back My Bullets, an underappreciated album, for sure. I don't know, if, I don't think, everybody knows pronounced Leonard Skinner in second helping. Give Me Back My Bullets is when they, I think they had really kind of refined their sound, they were really kind of true to their heart on that album. That's your number four song. Number three, now this, you're going to say, Steve, how could you have this song kind of above some of these classic tunes from Judas Priest and Leonard Skinner. Well, it's because it's my show, and it's my list, but also, too, I love this song, and uh, many of you know it from it being the theme song from ECW a while back. It's the saliva track that features Brent Smith from Shinedown, who was my, one of my favorite modern rock bands. It's the song Don't Question My Heart from Saliva. absolutely love that track. You know, Brent sings the lead, and uh, Josie kind of does the fill-in. I'm considering going to see Josie Friday night. I'm just not sure yet. I'm just trying to work all this stuff out. I don't know that I can do that. I don't know. I thought about just bringing my stuff with me, going down, going to the show, and then recording my show, and then driving back to Starville the next day. But we've got, you know, this is holiday sweeps, and so I've got book signings like just about every day you know, for a while. So I don't know if I'll be able to see Josie this time or not, but... Um, Josie no longer with saliva. He's out touring now. So if you're in Hattiesburg Friday looking for something to do, uh, you know, head down to Brewski's and go see Josie Scott play. All right, number two. We mentioned the song earlier as Nonpoint had covered this, but it's in the air tonight by Phil Collins. I think everybody in the world knows this song. Everybody knows the drum solo. And you may not know that on that No Jacket Required album, I believe Phil Collins played every instrument. I believe that's correct. But number one... And this goes out, this is, I dedicate this to all of our people that have their fist in the air and maybe have a middle finger extended. 
because of uh, this talk about how you know we can't do it. We can't do it. You just can't do it at Mississippi State. You just can't do it at State. And it's the Nazareth classic, Hair of the Dog. You may prefer the Guns N' Roses version or some days that I do, but I like to go back and be true to the original sometimes too. Your number one song for Auburn Hate Week is Hair of the Dog by Nazareth. You've heard the song. You may not know the title, but you've heard the song. I got all these emails coming. I have no idea what's going on. Every time I turn around, it's, can you do this? Can you do that? We noticed that you looked at this on Facebook. Would you be interested in this? You know, that, that kind of craziness. But anyway, that's your top ten list today for Auburn Hate Week. Listen to these and let the hate flow through you. Right? Sometimes it feels good just to maybe go get you a cup of coffee. You turn the radio up, you get in the car, you close the windows, you put those sunglasses on, maybe you drive a little fast, maybe you change lanes a little quickly, maybe you're not so eager to let other people get in and you just kind of let it hate. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that you just got to do that. And people say, well, Steve, I don't want to be negative. Sometimes life is negative, Right, and sometimes you got to cope with those emotions. Sometimes you got to deal with all of that. And rather than lashing out at somebody else, I think you get all hopped up on caffeine and go scream out a non-point song when you're alone in your car is a very healthy way to do that. So let me encourage you to follow suit. You'll be glad you did. And all of a sudden, you get to your destination, and you're a little bit hoarse, and maybe you're a little bit fidgety, but maybe you're a little better frame of mind. Maybe I'm wrong. It works for me. Maybe it's just me. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out, let us know. Best way to do that is to find Roy Samante on Twitter at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-67. He does an awful lot for me uh, to make me look good. And, and uh, he was a guy that believed in the top 10 list and said, you know what, Steve, I'm happy to do this. I didn't know Roy before that. Now Roy's become my friend because Roy enjoys the show, and Roy's like, you know, there are probably a lot of people out there that would like to have these on a, on a playlist, and I'm happy to do it. And I pay him nothing. But he religiously does this for me, and I'm very grateful to Roy. Roy is my friend, and, uh, and I appreciate his contributions to our show. And there are many people, too, that have come up to me and said, hey, hey man, thanks for putting these you know, on Spotify. And I'm like, you know what, I'd love to take credit for it, but it's my buddy Roy that does that. And so, again... Uh, Roy coming through for the Bulldog fan base. And I can promise you Roy has probably had some anger issues this week too because Roy loves Mississippi State. But reach out to Roy. You can also find him on uh, Spotify, Dogmatic67, and just subscribe to the channel, right? That's probably the best thing to do Just on your Spotify. Just subscribe to Roy or follow Roy. I don't, I'm not a Spotify person. But if you follow Roy, then these lists will just kind of be available to you without you having to put forth much effort. And convenience is wonderful, Right. So, again, thanks to Roy, and thanks to everybody with your support of the top ten list. And thank uh, our, our buddy Blair Chandler at CloseWithBlair.com. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by the fine folks at Campus Bookmart. I love Campus Bookmart. I did, and I'll be honest with you guys. I was not a regular Campus Bookmart chopper prior to them advertising on this show. And I was missing out. I was. You know, I kind of stuck to the past that I knew. You know, like you, you, you know how it is. I'm an addict, right? And so I just went to my regular haunts, man. And I didn't realize I was missing out on the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise in the known universe. It's even better today than it was back then. 
You can visit them when you come to campus and go by and see the bully shop that has been completely renovated. It's now all upstairs, no longer in the textbook business. It's wall-to-wall Mississippi State Merge. Go by and check it out. If you can't make it to town to see their smiling faces, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. Let's talk about Auburn. Let's spend some time now talking about the Auburn Tigers. All right, this has been an interesting series, especially as of late. Maybe unbeknownst to most SEC sports writers, Bulldogs 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games against the Auburn Tigers. Now, historically, Auburn leads big in the series 65-28-2. I shared yesterday on Twitter, you may have seen it, to Raf Sassy, God rest his soul, Major Raf Sassy, former AD and coach at Mississippi State, we had not played Auburn for a couple of years. We played him in Birmingham back in 1937. And he, <laughs> I don't know if he's joking or not. You know, and somebody hit me, hit me up on uh, Twitter today and said, do you know that if, if Sassy kin to Mike Leach, he said at the time they were trying to train the Bulldog to ride on top of a Tiger. Can you begin to imagine how terrible that would be? I mean, just the visualization of that is just something else. But uh, nevertheless... Auburn Tigers, they're a regular opponent for us now, obviously, in the SEC uh, West. This series began back in 1905. Mississippi State did not win a game against Auburn until 1927. Auburn wins the first, I don't know, dozen or so meetings. I guess 11 or so. They win the first 11. State scored a total of 14 points combined between 1905 and 1919. Was not good. Then State puts together a three-game winning streak, 27-28 in 1930. And those games were tightly contested, 7-6, 13-0, Then Auburn wins the next four. And then State goes on a really good run here. From 1940 to 1948, that takes you through the Alan McKean years, State's undefeated against Auburn. The final four games, shutouts, 20-0, 33-0, 14 and 20 to nothing. Auburn finally gets even the game for the first time in, uh, I guess only the second time, excuse me, in history of the series. It's played at Auburn. They beat us 25-6. Then State writes a ship, wins the next two. We tie in 1953. And then Auburn goes on another streak there, and they beat us uh, six consecutive times. In 61, State wins 11 to 10. That's an interesting score, right? Had to have been a safety. Had to have been. Auburn wins 9-3 in 62, State wins in 63, and then Auburn then puts together one of the more impressive streaks. They don't lose to us uh, through 1974. Voids defeat in 1975 with a tie. We ultimately had to forfeit those games uh, from 75, 76, 77 uh, due to the um, Larry Gillard NCAA case, but State beats them in 76 and 77. That's the Bob Tyler years. Auburn wins the next two, then we win two, and then Auburn puts together another impressive streak from 82 to 1990. They beat us every year. Many of those games were not competitive. In 91, Jackie Sherrill beats Auburn 24-17. We beat them again the next year 14-7, and then they win the next four. 
And again, those games really weren't competitive. 93, I guess, was competitive for the most part. And then State wins the next four. And so unlike a lot of other SEC series, State has had some success. 2001 to 2006, State couldn't beat Auburn. Sylvester Crone finally breaks that streak in 2007. You know, we went to the Plains. And the, the endearing image of that ball game for me is Derek Pegues' pick six. The truth of the matter is that game really shouldn't have been close. It was. State gets a big defensive stop at the end to win the game. And then there is the, dare I say it, the 2008 3-2 classic. The defensive gym will frame it up and spin it as best we can. That began a four-game winning streak for Auburn. 2012, a Gene Chizik brought a team in here, and uh, Tyler Russell and State beat Auburn handily that day, 28-10. 2013, Auburn wins 24-20. That's a game, too, we probably should have won. We go over there, Chris Ralph stopped at the goal line. 2014, you know what happened? One of the most memorable games in the history of our program. State ranked number three at the time, beats number two, Auburn 38-23. Get out to a big lead early on. Dak and the boys just kind of, you know, coasted the rest of the way in many respects. 2015, Dak's senior year, we go over there, Auburn kind of without a quarterback, but uh, it was a great atmosphere that night. I remember Gabe Miles had a big touchdown up the left hash that really gave us some breathing room, and State wins 17-9. Will Revin with a big pick early in that ballgame, too, right at the goal line uh, to turn Auburn away. 16-17, and 17, Auburn gets the better of us pretty handily. You know, 17, that's a year, too. A lot of people are thinking Mississippi State, second-best team in the SEC. We got absolutely hammered at Georgia, then went to Auburn the next week, and they just ran all over us. 2018, Joe Moorhead gets a win over Auburn, and uh, some controversy in this game in the minds of Auburn fans. Nick Fitzgerald scores at the goal line just before the half. They call it a touchdown. They review it, not enough to overturn it. I think basically the call was so close and the mass of humanity at the goal line prevented uh, really whatever the call in the field was going to be what stood just because there's just no evidence to make a call. And then later in that ball game, I believe it was Jonathan Abram. I believe it was Jonathan Abram. uh, Runs down Tank Bigsby from behind, forces a fumble. We recover. They claimed that that ball was not – that they were in the end zone. Guys, he was fumbling that football at the four-yard line. It was already coming loose. And so they review it, and they say they call a stance. There was re- the review was a waste of everybody's time. And so they feel like they got shafted. Well, State wins the game 23-9. 2019, Auburn gets even. They blast us 56-23. In 2020, they beat us 24-10. That's Gus Malzahn's last game as the Auburn coach. Remember, he danced in our locker room and then got fired the next day. Dancing days, we're not here again, Gus. Gus doing well, though, at Central Florida. And then last year, the greatest comeback in Mississippi State football history, State down 28-3, comes back and wins the game 43-34. And really from, I would say, maybe the five-minute mark left in the first half, State dominated that ball game. And there are some games where you just run out of time. If, if Auburn had had another quarter, State would have beat them by 50. State really got into their legs a little bit. Uh, so that's what we did last year. Auburn has uh, has struggled at times this year, as you guys are well aware. I think everybody kind of that, – that's not a big surprise, right? You expected that. They uh, they had a lot of attrition due to the NCAA transfer portal. And so this is a team that is not nearly as talented as normal. And I think some of that is because people just don't – you know, people just did not buy into Brian Harson, who is now gone. 
The Tigers currently 3-5, and 1-4 and four in the conference. They've lost four games in a row. They open up the year with a 42-16 win over Mercer and then narrowly escape against San Jose State 24-16. And that's where you start thinking if you're an Auburn fan. And we went out and hired this guy supposed to be an offensive guru and we can't score against San Jose State. It's not good. It's not good. And San Jose State is a decent team. I mean, they're 5-2, and two, but they should never be able to go into Auburn and keep that game competitive. There's just no reason for that. But they did. The next week, Auburn travels to Penn State, and the Nittany Lions just absolutely obliterated them, 41-12. to And really, I don't know that the score is indicative of Penn State's dominance. Missouri gifts a game to Auburn, 17-14. And at that point, it was really coming off the rails. You say, okay, we had to go to Happy Valley. Excuse me, they opened – that they play Penn State in Auburn. Excuse me. Last year they went to Happy Valley. But maybe you just say, you know what, Penn State's a better team than us. Well, Missouri's not a better team than the Tigers. And Missouri goes in. They're about to score the game-winning touchdown. And they fumble it forward and give the game to Auburn. And you, you may have forgotten this too. You know, Mizzou had a chance to kick the field goal there to win the game in regulation. It was a, uh, a clunker of a game. We talk about how bad the 3-2 game was. This one, not much better. Pretty crazy to think about it in the end. But um, you know, not, uh, there were a lot of Auburn fans that said then, they said, you know what, even though we won, it feels like a loss. I know exactly how they feel. I mean, that's just how the whole thing feels. It's pretty crazy to look at all this. I mean, the last play of the game is you misses a field goal that would have put the game away. Pretty crazy. So Missouri gives Auburn the game. The next week, though, LSU goes to Jordan-Hare Stadium. The Bayou Bengals have to come from behind in this ballgame. And, again, this is, you know, you want to talk about a mark of a team that's struggling? Auburn gets out to a 17-0 lead in this game and then lose 21-17. It's incredible to think about that. I mean, it really is. Your 17-0, your three-score lead at home and lose? Doesn't make a lot of sense. And LSU was still kind of trying to find a sense of themselves, but, um, you know, they scored right before the half and then uh, come out and just kind of take over. You know, it was just one of those games you kind of felt like if LSU could ever score and get back in the ball game that Auburn would give them the football game. That's exactly what happened. Just offensively could not get anything going. The next week, they play Sacrificial Lamb at Athens, Georgia. Georgia wins 42-10. They go to Ole Miss the next week, and to their credit, they gave Ole Miss a game. They were trading scores, and then give Lane Kiffin credit. I've been on this show a couple times. They time up a perfectly executed onside kick, get the ball back, go down and score, and give themselves some breathing room. And from there, it's like Auburn just kind of laid down, so you know it's not going to work out for us. As long as we were in the slugfest trading blows, we got a shot. But once Ole Miss got some separation in the second half, it was over. You forget, you know, Ole Miss had a big lead in that game and kind of coasted a little bit. But give them credit. They figured it out. Arkansas, 41-27 winners last week. And, again, this is a game that was a bit – even though it was tied at the break, you never felt like Auburn was ever going to take control of this ball game. You know, it's like 17-13 at half, and then that that – Arkansas running game just kind of takes over in the second half. 
and they score 14 points to pull away, and they win 41-27. Auburn with a garbage touchdown late to make it look a little more respectable than it really was. Jarquez, just to put it in perspective, guys, Jarquez Hunter scored like four seconds to go. It's 41-20, you know, with a minute to play. And so it really wasn't a competitive game uh, in the second half of that ball game. So let's take a look inside the numbers here. Auburn is not without talent. They don't have a lot of wins. They don't have the talent they normally have. But they have players. So let's take a quick look at, um, at the Auburn statistics here. And I think it's important to kind of look at this and, you know, understand if we go into this game haphazard, like Auburn wants to run the football and not a Cadillac Williams as the interim coach. I don't know how much control he's going to have or play calling. They'll play loose. You got nothing to lose. I mean, and that's the thing, too. It's like, why are you worried about upsetting these coaches? They're all going to be gone in a month anyway, right? So they'll play loose. But this is a team that has struggled to score points. There's really no question about that. But uh, I do think with, you know, Tank Bigsby and their ability to run the football, they could make this a game for a little bit. I just think it, it could be a situation once State begins to get some separation and you got to get them out of the flow of their offense, I think State will have a way to kind of put this thing away and cover in the end. Auburn averaging 22.8 points a game, allowing 29.8. So they're, they're being outscored by seven points a game. That's a cumulative number, obviously, but that's never good. You know, that's a recipe for a losing season. 146 first downs for Auburn. They've allowed 162. They've ran for 1,374 yards and allowed 1,707. Passing, 1,738 yards. That's 126 completions on 230 attempts. Uh, Ten interceptions and just six touchdowns. And some of that, too, is a byproduct of having to throw the football more because you get behind in ball games. They've allowed 1,550 yards passing. Averaging 193.75 yards per game as a defense against a pass. Only allowed six touchdowns. I suspect that changes this weekend. Uh, total offense, 389 yards per game, allowing 407. I mean, the statistics match the record, right? No matter how you look at it. Uh, from a return standpoint, they're averaging 14.5 yards per return on kickoffs. They've only allowed 11 returns, but they're allowing just over 20 yards of return. And, again, I think maybe this is the one where Tulu breaks one. I mean, it's like he's been on the verge so many times. He's had some really good returns, but he's always been maybe a block or a cut away from taking one to the house or a holding call, right? So I think maybe – for some reason, I just kind of feel like this is maybe the week – and I think you're going to see a very focused Bulldog team come out there, too. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the final segment of the show. Uh, averaging 44.2 yards a punt, that's a good number there, and allowing 44.05. Uh, the net average, 42.14 for Auburn. They've had one onside kick. They didn't get it. Opponents have attempted one onside kick. That's the old Miss game. They got it. Auburn allowing, uh, let's see, was it 50? Yeah, 54.25 yards in penalties per game. Opponents, 59.25. So you go there and play clean, you have a good chance to win. Time of possession, they're struggling with that. And, again, this is a run-first offense. That's never a good thing when you're trying to be a ball-control offense and you're having the football less than half the time. They have not been good on third down. No surprise there. 43 of 114, 37.72%. 10 of 16 on fourth down, though. And a lot of that's probably because, you know, third down gets them in the fourth and short. But uh, they fumbled the football 19 times this year. 
They've recovered at 13. So 19 times you put it on the ground, but you only give it away six times. Been sacked 16 times, and uh, opponents have gotten 19. Uh, they're perfect on PAT attempts. Well, I wish we could say the same, even though it hadn't cost us a ball game yet. You know, it, it's nice to think the basic elements of football can be covered. Auburn very good in the red zone, though. 22 of 26 attempts, 16 of those have been touchdowns. Now, the flip side is the Auburn defense has not been good in the red zone. 32 of 35. They've only turned away opponents three times. 24 of those 32 conversions in the red zone have been touchdowns. Individual numbers here. Let's look at rushing. I I told you guys, Tank Bigsby was a preseason All-SEC back. I love Tank Bigsby's game. I think he's a future pro. I really do. 110 attempts this year, net of 587. Chances of him getting 1,000 yards are pretty slim. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He would need a couple of huge games to kind of get him there, and maybe that Western Kentucky game is one of them. But Tank has had a disappointing year, and I don't think that's necessarily an indictment on Tank Bigsby. I think it's that offensive line. They simply cannot block. This is an offensive line that has really struggled with run blocking. And your run first team, my friend Jason Caldwell said they have some veteran guys, but the reason they're still around is because of the fact that, uh, you know, they wanted an opportunity to play, but uh, they're old, but they're not very experienced. Like they've been around, but they hadn't played a lot of snaps. Now you're having to put those guys out front, and they're just not able to kind of pave the path. Uh, Robbie Ashford's a guy that Mississippi State recruited, and uh, this guy is super athletic. He's not quite as fast as, uh, say, Malik Hornsby or Jaden Daniels, but he is super athletic. He is the second leading rusher on the team. 93 attempts for 397 yards, averaging just under 50 yards a game. And so what worries me about him is we do so much run blitzing, and if we don't get home and things break down and we lose outside contain, he's the guy that can make us pay. And, and he is very good at that. There have been many times this year you've seen him tuck the football and run for a first down. The problem is they just have trouble kind of maintaining drives. Uh, Nashoba Central Project, Project uh, Jarquez Hunter, or product, excuse me, all due respect, 55 attempts for 257 yards, kind of a complimentary back, has five touchdowns, which is second on the team uh, rushing. And then there is a, another back, uh, Damari Austin, they use a little bit too. But uh, the main three-headed monster, of course, is Tank, Ashford, and then Jarquez Hunter. T.J. Finley has played in four games this year, and uh, this is a guy, too, with an incredible arm. But his decision-making is horrendous. There's a reason he left LSU. There's a reason he couldn't win the job at Auburn two years in a row. Things have not gone well for T.J. Finley. And, again, this goes back to evaluation. There's a lot of guys out there that have a lot of stars next to their name, but it's about finding the right fit. Now, you know, I think T.J. Finley is very, very talented. I think in the right system, he is a guy that could really thrive. He has not done so at LSU or Auburn. And, again, you watch him you know, just kind of flick the wrist. I mean, that guy can throw the ball a country mile. But it has been a disappointment. All right, uh, let's look at the passing numbers for Robbie Ashford. Eight games played, 91 of 173, five picks and five touchdowns. Not a very good ratio there. Uh, thrown for 1,299 yards on the season, averaging 162 yards per game. If we hold them – under 150 yards passing, and I think we can. Um, I think it'll be a game that gets away from Auburn. T.J. Finley discussed him earlier. 33 of 53, four picks, one interception. His completion percentage, 62. I skipped over Robbie Ashford's. 
his completion percentage is 52.6. That's not going to get it done by any stretch of imagination. Receiving, and they lost a lot of guys, but Javaris Johnson is there, 22 catches, which leads the team, 399 yards, averaging uh, 18 yards a catch, just the one touchdown, a long of 56. Coy Moore, very talented player, 14 grabs, 243 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, John Samuel Schenker, second, excuse me, third on the team with 20 receptions, 208 yards, uh, just the one touchdown. You know, and so, again, just a handful of touchdowns thrown here, so it's kind of spread out. But uh, they've utilized Tank a little bit in the passing game, which is smart. I mean, you get him out there in space, paired up against a defensive back, he's going to win those one-on-one matchups. 21 catches for him, which is second on the team, but just 134 yards. So he's not doing a good job kind of working through first contact. And the fact that he has not been, you know, a, a bigger part of things is uh, it's probably a disappointment to Auburn fans. You know, he went in the portal and then elected to come out of the portal, and kind of here we are. You know, I think in hindsight, Tank probably wishes he'd have gone somewhere else. All right, uh, Owen Popoa, or I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, leads the team with 64 tackles, and it feels like he's been there forever and a day. I know it was a big deal when, when – uh, they announced that he was going to be returning last year. But um, senior linebacker out of Lawrenceville, Georgia, played at Grace in high school, having a big year, to say the least. Uh, had a really big game against Ole Miss, nine tackles in that ball game. Excuse me. Six solo tackles, nine assists. Right. That's, that's, and then he had a pass breakup, too. So his best game came against Ole Miss. And that kind of stands to reason as Ole Miss wants to line up and run the football. But uh, definitely a player to look for. Where's number zero? Derek Hall. I got it. Should have been a Bulldog. And uh, Tim Lukaboo blew it. We just absolutely blew it. And there were a lot of people around Derek Hall that loved Mississippi State. And uh, I think Derek Hall is going pro this year. I think the guy's been outstanding. And that, there was a lot of concern. You know, is he a tweener? He's done a great job at Auburn. He's been absolutely fantastic at Auburn. It was absolutely Mississippi State's loss. We didn't get it. Absolutely. And uh, Derek Hall would have done a great job at Mississippi State. And uh, wish we had him. You know, that's a, that's a guy that would really, you know, add something to our pass rush. He is one of the top tacklers on the team when it's coming tackles for loss. Uh, with eight. Uh, leads a team with five sacks. You know, and so, you know, you, you kind of work through this and you realize, you know, Derek Hall has not played on great Auburn teams, but has had a great college career. You know, what would he have done at Mississippi State? What what would the Mississippi State defense look like today if you had Derek Hall? Uh, Wesley Steiner, 41 tackles for the, for him. Um, this is a junior linebacker from Warner Robins, Georgia, and it seems like Warner Robins, Georgia, just always seems to have two or three SEC guys, whether they go to Georgia or Auburn or Georgia Tech. That, that's a that's a that's a region of the state of Georgia that is very, uh, shall we say, fruitful. But uh, a guy that's been around a little bit, too, he's a junior linebacker. So this linebacker core is really good. And, again, you would expect these guys, uh, especially being the linebackers, playing as many running teams as they have to kind of put some statistics together, and they absolutely have. Uh, Looking at the uh, pass breakups, D.J. James, former Mississippi State commitment, former Oregon Duck, leads a team with six breakups. No picks yet, uh, 21 tackles, but he's having a good year. And uh, that's a guy, too, that uh, when, you know, when um, Deshae Townsend was here, 
excuse me, Terrell Buckley was here. You know, we had that class where we, you signed Jerry and Jones, but you, you lost Greg Brooks, who has been better than I expected him to be, and you lost DJ James. But you go back and look and you think about that. All three of those guys end up leaving, and you, and you, you keep Martin Emerson. But uh, T-Buck clearly knew what he was looking at. DJ James probably got to go pro this year. You know, Martin Emerson's already in the league. You know, Jerry and Jones is a guy that probably should have stayed at Mississippi State. He's not had the career many people anticipated. Uh, again, probably the product of some bad advice from some mentors out there. You know, look at what I've done for him. Yeah, look at what you've done. Everybody you touch, their career goes to crap. Um, but the reality of it is DJ having a really good year for them. I think there's any question about that. We talk about the pass rush a little bit, too. Derek Hall's done good. Uh, he has, but tied with him for the team lead in quarterback hurries is also Colby Wooden, a defensive end from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Product of Archer High School, 6'5", 284, wears 25. This front was expected to kind of be the strength of his team. And they really haven't been. You know, this is they have struggled to get off blocks, and then you know, that's why the linebackers, of course, are racking up stats. And you expect backers to do that, but – I don't know that this front's been nearly as good against the run as what you'd expect. Uh, Derek Hall actually tied for the team lead also in interceptions with one. Derek Hall may be the most valuable player at the University of Auburn. Uh, Keontae Scott, that's another guy that State recruited. You may be somewhat familiar with him. Um, tried to get him. He's originally out of San Diego, California. But uh, Keontae Scott's a guy that, uh, if I remember correctly, let me think here for a second. I'm trying to remember where he went to, uh, where he was originally. Yeah, Snow College. That's exactly right. He was a junior college guy. And things just, you know, State got in there with him, and ultimately he goes to Auburn. And I don't know that State secondary has missed a beat. But uh, Mr. Scott not having – you know, he's having a good season, but uh, they're really not having a great season as a team. And you got to wonder sometimes there's not a little buyer's remorse with all that. But uh, he's making the most of his opportunities, a very impressive player. Uh, 35 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, has a sack. An interception, a breakup, a couple quarterback hurries. So he's a guy that uh, when they decide to bring four and five, he has an opportunity to hear his name called. But, uh, again, not a great defense. And when you look at the the athletes that they have on this team, you kind of got to wonder, you know, what's the disconnect here? When you recruit as well as Auburn has, and, and even though Harson hadn't done so, and they've had some attrition to their recruiting class already, you know, the guys before him, Gus Malzahn, did a good job recruiting. They weren't recruiting on the level of Alabama, but Auburn is Auburn, and Auburn's always got dudes. But you start looking at these numbers, and you begin to ask yourself, you know, where, where, where is the problem? You know, Penn State ran for 245 yards against them. LSU outrushed them 185 to 101. Georgia outrushes them by nearly 200 yards. Guys, Ole Miss ran for 448 yards. They gave up 301, but I don't, I don't care who you are or where you're from. You rush for almost 450, you're going to win the game. Arkansas outrushes them 276 to 183. So you, you look at SEC competition, Auburn has not outrushed a single SEC team, and that even dates back to Missouri. Auburn ran for 82 yards against Missouri. Missouri ran for 133. So there's only been two games this entire season that Auburn has outrushed their opponent, and that's Mercer and San Jose State. So what does that mean for Mississippi State? Well, I think it means that Woody Marks and DJ uh, uh, Dylan Johnson has a chance to have a good ball game. 
And, you know, we didn't run it much against Alabama. We didn't run it much against Kentucky. And you get LaQuinson Sharp back this week, and he is good to go. Uh, I think you put LaSoya back at left guard, and you kind of figure it out between Nick and, and Dollar Bill. And Dollar Bill is still not quite 100%, but in better shape today than he was against Alabama. I think you're going to see us run the football more. I think we'll loosen them up a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get into their legs a little bit. But uh, you start looking at these uh, passing numbers, you know, Mercer outpassed them. Auburn gets San Jose State, but you start running these numbers here. Your Penn State threw for 296 yards. Maybe I'm looking at that wrong. Uh, 232, excuse me. But they're not a team that has been, uh, been very successful when it's come to really stopping the forward pass or the running game. So I think it's kind of dealer's choice here. I think if you're, uh, if you're Mike Leach, you, you ought to be able to kind of do what you want to do. But I do think you come out and try to establish the, the running game early just because this team has struggled to get off blocks. I think they're going to try to adopt the Kentucky game plan and maybe in some respects the LSU game plan, come out and try to establish the running game and then kind of, you know, see where things go from there over the course of the game, kind of how things flow there. But uh, let's look here real, real quickly, too, looking at, um, you know, some of these other things, too, with, uh, like, you know, special teams and that kind of stuff. You know, that's what's been interesting to me with State is special teams has been such an adventure. And then some games you look up and State's done really well. And other times you look up and, like, did it happen again? Oscar Chapman is their punter. 36 punts on the year, and I told you earlier, averaging 44.25 yards a punt, 61 yard long. 16 fair catches, 11 inside the 20, 9 of 50 plus. This is a very, very talented young man. Anders Carlson, and it feels like the Carlson family just kind of owns this spot here. 10 of 14 on the year, 71.43%. Uh, perfect under 30 yards. Now, I guess let's extend that. Perfect under 40 yards. Kind of falls apart over 40 yards. You'd expect that. But three of six from 40 to 49, and he's missed one from 50-plus. So seven of seven under 40 yards with a long of 46. They have had one blocked as well. Uh, Looking at kickoffs, 37 kickoffs for Carlson. Again, a very talented guy. But only 13 touchbacks. Only 13 touchbacks. So 24 of those kickoffs have been returned. I guess that's not technically true. I guess 21 because three of them have been out of bounds. And so I share that. Again, I, I just feel like Tulu is going to have a chance to break one. I think I don't know how often Auburn's going to score, but I think we'll have an opportunity uh, to go out there and put some, uh, put some yardage together, shall we say, uh, in special teams. It's an important part of it. May not get a chance to return much on punting, but in the event they do kick off more than once, I think it really gives Tulu a chance to put an impact on the ball game. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by our fine friends at Portico. You know, Brooks Bryant's part of a great group of individuals bringing this wonderful residential development to Starkville, Mississippi. Give him a call or text today at 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. I, I had a friend of mine hit me up this week. He said, hey, Steve, we're thinking about retiring soon. Have the, the ability to do that soon. And we're thinking about going to Portico. We're thinking about moving out there. I want to get some more information. And so I share that with you because there is a lot of interest in this development, and rightfully so. It is so incredibly well positioned in town. It's right there kind of on the outskirts, right? You turn off 82 on a 12 on your way to campus. So it's closer to 82 really than it is to campus. 
And you take that right right there on Pad Station Road, the very first right, go through the four-way stop, Boomer's Portico and right. You can take a self-guided tour next time you're in town. You'll be glad you did. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home, and really anything in between. If you need a custom build, they can take care of that for you too. Give Brooks a call or text. He'll be, he'll be happy to give you information. If I was moving to Starville, it's where I'd move because I would want to be nestled up that close to campus, but on the quiet side of campus, right? Gets a little busier on the other side, right? Once you get through campus, there's a lot going on down there, but uh, you're on the quiet side, so everybody can come see you on their way to town or maybe even come spend a night with you if you're so inclined to that. Maybe you're thinking your friends and your family say, you know what, hey, you don't bother with a hotel room. Come stay with us. It's always nice to be able to do that, right? Save some friends and family some money. And not to mention, it's nice to wake up, especially when it's your family. For everybody, just kind of wake up under one roof, right? You get that pot of coffee going. Your mom's got some sausage and some eggs going. It makes you want to go eat breakfast for lunch, right? But listen, Portico is a great place to live. You'll be glad that you uh, took part in that. Be sure and get your information from Brooks Bryan. Make Portico your next move. All right, so finally I'll tell you, I, um, I expect State to win this ballgame. And uh, I know that the spread has continued to grow with the announcement of Brian Harson's firing. And then, you know, the, the offensive coordinator is gone. There's just, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this game should favor Mississippi State. And um, you know, I, I think it's important to kind of understand, too, Mississippi State comes off a of bye week. We had media opportunity yesterday. And it, it, there was really a different look kind of in the eyes of our players. And what I mean by that is, I think the bye week did them good. I think the open date was good for them. I think they're in a position now where they realize, okay, our season is going to be determined on what we do in November. As Houston used to always say, they remember what you do in November. We have had a good season. We have not had a great season. Had a good season. Had the potential to have a great season. We let some things get away from us. But the reality of it is, is Auburn is in our way. This is a game that many of us have expected to win really since the beginning. When the schedule came out, we said, you know what, we'll beat those guys. And it's not just because we beat them last year, but it's because of the fact in the offseason, Mississippi State appeared to improve while Auburn appeared to regress. And you get that game at home, and you feel like, hey, this is what's going to happen here. And now here we are, and it's complete turmoil over on the plains of Auburn. Of course, Harson's terminated. And then many of the, if I'm not mistaken, I think everybody he brought with him from Boise State was also terminated, including some support staffers. But offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw also terminated. Tight ends coach Brad Bedell terminated. Uh, so, you know, play calling, who's going to handle that? I, I assume it'll be Wolf Friend. I haven't read that, and maybe I should do a little better research. But uh, the reality of it is, you know, Cadillac Williams ran the football a lot. Now you've got an offensive line coach is expected to um, – to maybe be involved in the play calling. So those guys love the run block. So I suspect we're going to see a heavy dose of run. That's just kind of how they're built, and I think that's kind of how things trend. But, uh, you know, Cadillac Williams, cool. You know, uh, probably the only opportunity he'll have to have this. And so good for him. But I want to make his debut as a head coach a very memorable one for Mississippi State fans for all the right reasons. A lot of people have wondered, you know, well, Steve, what does all this mean? Now, I'll be honest with you. John Cohen leaving – I don't think impacts the game either way. I don't like the timing. I don't. And I'm told that John Cohen will not be in attendance at the game on Saturday. 
And I think that's the best course of action. I think it's just better for everybody. The focus should be on the game itself and not on school administrators. That's my honest opinion. You know, some, I know that some people will say, well, you know, John doesn't want to come face us. And, you know, maybe he doesn't. But I think also, too, I, th- I think perhaps it would bring out the worst in some of our fans, too, if they did see him. So let's just focus on the ball game. And there's no reason to think that Mississippi State shouldn't win this ball game. Uh, I think Mississippi State, too, given the chance to run it up, I think Mike Leach might do that. Uh, I just, you know, just call it a hunch here. But uh, at the end of the day, before we can run it up, we got to get a lead. we got to win the ballgame. And I do think it is going to be a bit of a tussle uh, early on. So the next thing people want to know about is, well, Steve, what's next in the AD search? There's not a lot of movement yet. You know, from uh, – and, again, this is not going to be – this is going to be much different because this is the president's office making this hire. Uh, will there be some leaks? Yeah, there, there always are. But uh, the reality of it is is that um, – there's not as many candidates for this, and it's not like it's not like it is with coaches because there are a lot of coaches out there that have these very aggressive agents that want their name associated with every job, like Dan Mullen, right? And so you get all this these pool of names, and you work through it, and you call people, and you're able to kind of like it's like a funnel, right? It just gets you know narrows down as as we get into it. It's going to be different with this because there's not going to be as many candidates and there's not going to be all these agents out here leaking information to media sources in hopes of getting their coaches' names in the paper. So it's going to be different. I don't think it's something that drags out. I shared with you guys that earlier this week. But I do think this is a process that Dr. Keenum can be very deliberate about. I think he can take his time with because, again, there are no emergent hires at Mississippi State. Of course, everybody will come in next year under a new AD. But uh, you think uh, Sam Purcell and, and, and Chris Jans never coach a game yeah, with John Cohen uh, in attendance. And it, it's interesting, too. You know, this is a big business, right? This isn't a situation. It's not like the YMCA, right, where you just need somebody to go out there and kind of maintain order. This is about getting people in the seats. This is about branding. This is about NIL. This is about, you know, procuring players, basically and then developing said players, and then hopefully winning at a higher rate that it opens some recruiting doors for you that maybe you're closed today. And everybody plays a part in that. Uh, but I do believe you're going to be very happy when it's all said and done. I do believe at this, at this point, and again, there's a round of interviews, so this is a fluid process. I believe you're going to get a sitting AD somewhere. Is that a Power 5 person? Don't know. Is it a G5 person? Don't know. I don't think that it'll be a promotion from within. I could be wrong. I don't expect that, though. Even though that's been kind of par for the course here the last few hires, matter of fact, dating back to Larry Templeton, you know, we hired in-house uh, the last four times. I believe five of the last six, if memory serves me correct. I don't think this time you have an AD in waiting. Uh, if you do, probably the most likely suspect would be Bo Hemphill. Um, but – I just don't know if Bo is going to make a push at this or not. But, again, I don't anticipate hiring from within. I think you go out there and I think you get somebody that's a sitting AD that already knows, you know, the functionality of how to run an athletic department. That's one of the things, too, you know, Mississippi State over the years, we've always kind of had to take the up-and-comer and we get the scratch-and-dent person or whoever, the retread. Uh, I just think we're better than that now. I think we've evolved and matured as a university and as an athletic department that it is an attractive job. Not to mention, I mean, goodness – if you want to go get an enterprising, ambitious athletic director, you can say, hey, you know, you come here, look at what's happened to our last three ADs. They've parlayed this opportunity in Starkville into what some consider a bigger opportunity. 
Greg Burns at Alabama. Scott Strickland's at Florida. Now John Cohen's at Auburn. Now, is the Auburn job as good as Alabama or Florida? No, it's not. It's still a good job, but it's a better job than ours. I mean, let's just be honest and frank about that. Take our emotions out of it. There's more resources there. It's a bigger budget to work with. Um, and a little more tradition, especially on the football side. Uh, but the reality of it is for us is that we have to make this a better job. You know, we have to make this, in some respects, a destination job. And, and we've had, you know, some athletic directors in recent years that we thought saw this as a destination job. But I think it is an attractive job, and I think State can do a good job. Dr. Keenum is an incredible salesperson. You know, the reason there is expansion in the college football playoff is because of Mark Keenum, right? That's just the reality of that. Mark Keenum is a leader, and uh, he will find a great person. Now, are there some things that we can do better as a university? Are there some things that we can do uh, to make it easier to be successful in athletics? Probably so, yeah. And, and I don't think that's limited to one person or one department or one issue. I think everybody's just got to pick up the row here and let's go. Everybody grab the rope. Let's all start pulling in the same direction. Let's forget about protecting our own little fiefdoms, right? Because what's, what's good for us is good for me. That's the way that I always try to look at that when I worked in business. Is like, you know, even with our, you know, with our business at, you know, at Jeans Page, you know, it's like if Paul Jones writes a story that gets 25,000 views, well, that's good for me. That's great for me. I'm not competing with Paul. Now, maybe there's some friendly competition. Sometimes I'm thinking, hey, well, you know, he, he just wrote a story that got 25,000 views. What can I write to go match that? You know, so it's in a good-spirited way right? But when, when things get fragmented, and it's like even after our business, when we merged and we had everybody pulling in a million different directions, then at the time, he's like, hey, let's just sit down and talk about this, you know? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's always perfect, but I can tell you when people have clearly defined roles and then have the freedom themselves to kind of be empowered, like, like I don't ever tell anybody on our staff, hey, here's what you should write. No, I don't have to because you've got all these self-starters that have these established roles, right? And that's it's the same thing in retail. You, know, you, you cross-train people to, to strengthen you and also, too, to give your team a better effort. But, uh, but the reality of it is, is when you manage people, when people understand what's expected of them, they enjoy their job even more. The last thing anybody wants is somebody to come up and say, hey, why don't we take care of this? You're like, I didn't know we needed to do that. You know, when you have clear expectations and defined roles for people, things go well. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I can, I'm can i a bulldog, so I can be honest about this, right? I'm never a guy that advocates anybody being fired, okay? You know, sometimes in athletics, that's part of it, right? That's just kind of part of the gig. At some point, every coach is hired to be fired, right? But you got some people off the field that uh, you can't gauge their wins and losses because there's no school board, Right? And so my hope is, is that those people at Mississippi State, I think now, hey, let's maybe all commit a little more, right? Let's all think, you know what, hey, this is a important juncture in Mississippi State Athletics Department history. We're about to bring in a new AD. Let's put our best foot forward. And maybe any type of uh, disagreements that we have, let's just kind of set that aside. And say, you know what, hey, what's best for Mississippi State is best for me. Now, there are some other people out there that will decide, you know what, what's best for state may not be for me, so I need to go somewhere else. And you know what, to each their own. You know, I've shared with you guys before, I've got no interest in going anywhere else. I'm, I'm here forever. You're going to have to put up with me. 
until they put me in the casket. You know, I don't take much time off, really. But I wish there were other people that looked at Mississippi State the way that many of us do. That'd be the greatest job in the world, man. The greatest job in the world. And, and I'm so completely grateful that, I, that I'm here to, to cover these teams that I love so much. And things aren't always great. I'm not always happy, right? I mean, I'm, you, know, you guys know I have not been happy with men's basketball for some time. I've been very disappointed in many respects. Uh, really kind of, kind of disenfranchised when it came to men's basketball. But, you know, I'm excited about Chris Jans. But there are some other people out there, too, that, you know, sometimes we get caught up in what we're doing day to day. We lose sight of the big picture. We lose sight of, you know, I don't understand you know, kind of what's happening here. I'm just going to focus on me and worry about me. And I don't really care about the bigger picture. But everybody involved, everybody involved can do a little more. Everybody. You always can. Everybody can do a little more. Uh, from fans, coaches, players, administrators. And I think at Mississippi State, that's probably the thing that we look at and say, you know what, we have some very talented people doing a great job for Mississippi State. We have some other people that are really talented, too, that maybe are just doing a good job for Mississippi State. We need to get everybody doing a great job for Mississippi State. And my hope is with a new broom coming in that everybody will sleep clean, right? That's the important part of this. It's just, hey, you know what, this is behind us now. Now let's throw our support behind the new director of athletics at Mississippi State, regardless of who that person is, even if we don't all agree. That person's level of success will be largely dependent on our support. That's attendance. That's giving. That's social media. You know, it's like yesterday I tweeted out that about the Bulldog Initiative, and last time I looked, it had over 100 retweets. You know, people are on fire about that right now. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Some good things are happening right now. Some good things are happening. And my hope is on Saturday we get a big and decisive win over Auburn and really kind of validate a lot of people's feelings right now. You know, it's like, let's, let's just get rolling. Let's get Bo eligible. And uh, let's go beat East Tennessee State. You know, let's give Georgia a game, too, see what happens there. Let's go get our egg back. If we're sitting here at the end of this thing, at the holiday season, we've gone eight and four, headed off to a good, decent bowl trip. We got the egg with us, and then we're getting ready to uh, begin a new era in Mississippi State Athletics. I think we could all sit around and say, you know what, as bad as the, la- the end of October was, the end of, no- uh, end of November proved to be pretty good for us. And so there's some things that have to happen. Let's all do our part. If you hadn't done so, go to dogpilebook.com. The books are hot right now, too. As I mentioned, I will be at Mistletoe Marketplace tonight, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, so I'll take a little bit of a break from the, from the webpage. I'll be checking in every now and again. So if you have questions, I'll be in there and be a part of that. But uh, online orders have picked up tremendously. There are just a handful of Stark villains left in the warehouse, what I was told yesterday. Maybe a case. So less than 20, I think is correct. Less than 20. Uh, alpha dogs, maybe a couple cases. And so they're almost gone. So, and they're not going to be in print next year. So if you want them, you get them. They'll do a short run perhaps in 2024. And you never know for sure. It may be gone forever. I hope not. But you never know what people are going to decide. And so you can get a signed copy to dog pile. And everywhere I go, we're selling a lot more dog pile. A lot of people, I guess, they don't see books as a uh, year-round purchase. Maybe it's just seasonal due to holidays. They goes, hey, we wanted to get dog pile last year for Christmas. It wasn't available. We're getting it now. I don't care when you buy it. Just happy that you do. Go to dogpilethebook.com. You can get all of my sports books there. You get Bloomsville, Leander at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksMegan.com. And as always, Stark Villains gear available at StarkVillains.com. A lot of people are thinking, hey, what can I get for so-and-so? Well, if they're a Boneyard listener, they may enjoy having a Stark Villain shirt. 
and uh, recently got my sales report. You guys had you bought a lot of shirts in September. Eager to see what October looks like. So you guys did a good job uh, buying the gear. So if you're looking for that hard-to-buy-for Bulldog fan, maybe get him a Stark Villain shirt or a Stark Villain hoodie. You'll be glad you did. Listen, until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.